In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be seated. The characters and the point of this parable seem pretty evident. The vineyard owner is God. The vineyard is his church. And we know this from what Jesus says. The kingdom of heaven is like this man. And any time you hear kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God type language, you should be thinking about Jesus and his church. Now, some in this vineyard serve their Lord all life long. These are the first workers, while others are only in the Lord's kingdom for a fraction of their lives. Those who work six or nine or six or three or even one hour. And this denarius at the end, the wages at the end of the workday, at the end of the time in the Lord's church, this is their salvation. And so no matter when one has come into the Lord's church, the reward at the end is the same, eternal life with Christ. Now the point Jesus makes is clear. No one should blame God for being unfair when he freely gives salvation to someone else, and especially so if that person seems less deserving than you. At the end of the day, those who had done more work thought they would get a bigger reward, but they all got the same thing. They thought that the landowner wasn't fair. They had done the most work, certainly far more than those who had been in the vineyard for only a portion of the day. They had borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat, and yet where is their bonus? But notice what's hiding behind their statement. Now they could do the math, one hour's work resulted in a denarius, so they know what it should mean for 12 hours of work. They had supposed they would receive more because they had worked longer and harder. They had done more work. They had suffered more. They have spent more of their lives repenting of their sins, more Sunday mornings going to church, more effort in resisting sin and fighting the devil, more being kind to their neighbors, more time praying, more time reading the Bible, and things like these. More effort and energy, more time, more sacrifice. And what of those who come at the end? How have they spent their lives? Well, the text doesn't tell us but I think you can use your imagination to think about how those outside the church spend their time. I think the parable puts it pretty charitably with those out, when those outside the kingdom are just described as idle and standing around all day. But then for those in the vineyard, what is the cost of being in this vineyard and church? 
How much more money could you have if you weren't sacrificing to give it to the church? How much more effort could you spend on other things if you didn't have to think of how to be kind and love your neighbor? How much more time would you have if you didn't have to give up your Sunday morning? How often is it difficult to get up on Sunday and come to church? How hard is it to discipline your flesh and deny yourself the sin that you really want to commit? To hold your tongue and restrain your anger and acknowledge your neighbor's need and serve him instead of yourself. To patiently train your children in these things. How much does it cost you? And how often do you come to find these things feeling like a kind of drudgery? And this, I think, is the diagnostic for us to consider in this parable. How often do you look at your Christian life or at doing good works as a kind of burden? Do you envy those who seem to have an easier time doing those things? Or how easily do you feel slighted when all the effort and energy that you've put into serving God and neighbor seems to go completely and entirely unnoticed? Notice how this happens in the parable. There are two things that go together. Now, the first workers had negotiated their wage, but then in their own mind, they changed the terms of their employment. And now they suppose that they would be paid more. And second, and probably more importantly, notice how they describe their life in Christ, their work in the vineyard. To them, it's not a joy and blessing and privilege. Rather, they say, we have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. Life in Christ for us is sweat and misery and pain and missing out on all the pleasures of this life. We got the short end of the fun stick. Life in Christ is work, work, work. Now, before we continue unpacking this, we're going to sort of pause with that and and stop to understand why this vineyard owner has even hired workers in the first place. In the beginning, he seems like a typical employer. He hires workers, and he agrees to pay them the prevailing wage, a day's pay for a day's work. And the next few times he goes out, it seems like he's motivated by profit, and he wants to get as many workers into the vineyard as he possibly can. He wants maximum productivity. And even though he doesn't negotiate a set wage, those workers hired at nine and noon and three know that they will be paid whatever is right. And so they they trust that this landowner is good. And so it might seem to them as though he will give a partial day's pay for part of a day's work. 
or at the very least, I think they may also even just be grateful to have some kind of work, even if they don't get paid all that well. But then the parable takes a turn to the absurd. For now, at the end of the day, barely an hour before the sun sets, the landowner has gone back out looking for more workers. And those he finds, he sends into the vineyard. Now, notice what the text says about these 11th hour workers. It says he finds them. It's as though he's been looking for them, not just for workers in particular, but the landowner is searching for these in particular. Now, they said that they were there in the marketplace because no one had hired them, but the landowner has been in the marketplace a number of times that day, and he's never seen them before. So perhaps they were lying, and yet they also are sent into the vineyard. Now, how much work do you think they could possibly do in an hour? Or it's probably even less than that by the time they even get to the vineyard. They probably spend most of their time learning and figuring out what they need to do, maybe a little bit of standing around and watching. And then they help pack up the tools and bring in the harvest. And so they don't really contribute to the productivity or profitability of the vineyard at all. Actually, especially to the other workers, they're probably more of a drag, more of a hindrance than a help. And so all this really means that this vineyard owner isn't hiring for the sake of output and efficiency. Instead, he's hiring them because he wants to be generous. He invites them into his vineyard because at the end of the day, he wants to pay them. And so he spends his entire day hiring workers, some of whom won't really do much work at all. In other words, profits and efficiency aren't just low on his priority list. He's actively sacrificing these things, wasting his time hiring people just so that he can give them a wage at the end of the day. This man, it seems, is crazy about having people in his vineyard, kind of like the way that God is nuts about having people in his church. And he keeps going back, getting even those who weren't ready to be hired early in the day. And this, this is what bothers the first hired workers, because they had agreed for a wage. And perhaps they thought in terms of profit, or, or maybe they, they looked at their long day of hard work in the vineyard, and they began to see the denarius at the end as a reward for all their work. And then they expect that the landowner would think in terms of profit too. And so rather than focus on the master's mercy, they have turned the focus on themselves and their own work. And the fact that their master doesn't do the same 
offend them. So then, at the end of the day, the last hired workers are paid first, and they're rewarded with full and free salvation. And the first ones begin to think that they ought to get more. But all they are paid at the end of their faithful service is the same denarius of salvation that those newcomers got. It seems there is no additional reward for their faithfulness or their long time of work. And this is why they grumble. Rather than gratefulness for the landowner's mercy, they're envious. And so consider how the Lord speaks to those who believe this way. Do you begrudge my generosity? Or more literally in the Greek, is your eye evil because I am good? Didn't I give you what we agreed? And in that really nice Bible way, he says, take what belongs to you and go. But what he means is this word of judgment. Get out of here. You don't belong in my vineyard. If you're just going to come into my church, the place of joy and pleasure, and grumble, then you can leave. And as long as you believe this way, you aren't welcome to come back. And so this is a sobering and a horrible thing to consider Because we know that out of here means out of the vineyard, out of the Lord's church, out of salvation. And so those who want to be paid according to what they have earned don't belong in this vineyard. But there is another place, another vineyard of sorts that offers that kind of compensation another place where people get paid what, they deserve, what they've deserved. And it's called hell. And so the landowner says, in my vineyard I am generous with my things. But if you begrudge my generosity, if you don't want me to be generous, then you must go. Because if you wish to refuse my generosity then neither can I be generous to you. So these hired first, who formerly believed, have lost their faith, and they're cast out of the vineyard, out of salvation, out of the Lord's generosity and mercy. But notice what kept them from benefiting from it. It wasn't because this generosity wasn't available to them. And it wasn't even because it hadn't been given to them. What kept them from receiving it was that they wanted something different. They didn't want a gracious master. They wanted a master who would be fair and who would follow their own ideas of fairness. And so we see from this parable that there are two kinds of people in this world. Those who receive God's generosity and those who don't. Those who want him to be fair 
and those who recognize what they truly deserve. For what is it that you have deserved? What is it that you have earned? Perhaps you may be tempted to think that you deserve better or more than someone else, but the scriptures are clear. You don't deserve to be in the vineyard, to be in the church. You don't even deserve to wait in the marketplace for someone to come and hire you. Rather, because of your sin, you deserve to be hung on a cross by large nails, to be beaten and naked before the world, for the Father of love to turn his back on you in disgust, anger, and scorn, and give you no relief from his wrath. And not just for three or six hours, but for eternity. And so when you see yourself among these workers at the end of the day, that's what you should have in mind as far as what you deserve. And I know that you don't feel like this is what you deserve, and I know this because I don't feel like I deserve it either. I don't want this to be true for my family and my children, and I don't feel like any of you deserve anything like that. And yet, this is what we have earned because of our sins. That is, if God were fair. But take heart, dear saints, your God isn't fair. Fairness means death. For everything that you have deserved has been placed upon Jesus' shoulders. He has borne the burden of your every sin. He was scorched under the burning heat of the Father's wrath instead of you. And you go free. In his vineyard, in his church, he doesn't just give more than is deserved. He gives plenty, all that is needed a full day's wage, complete salvation. God, your God is generous beyond belief. So if the whole point of this parable and this text is God's generosity, then doesn't that change the way that you see the work in the vineyard? The work in the vineyard isn't meant to be drudgery and pain. Being in God's vineyard is a joy. It's a privilege to be called by him into his church. You get invited to be in the Lord's vineyard, to be part of the good and joyful work that he is doing. And there's nothing better that you've been given than life in the Lord's vineyard. For godliness with contentment is great loss, great misery. No, godliness with contentment is great gain. Or from St. Paul elsewhere, for to me to live is drudgery, pain. No, to live is Christ. And to die, well, that's just more Christ, because to die is gain. And so whether you have worked hard or been lazy, 
Whether you have worked in this vineyard long or short, you are rewarded and blessed by God's grace alone. You aren't here because you've done enough. None of us have. And yet, you are here. You see, God has brought you here because he loves you. He has had mercy on you and invited you that in order that he could give you salvation. And so thanks be to God that he is unfair. Jesus has paid what you deserved, and he pays out abundant wages to you that you never could have imagined for free, bestowing grace upon grace upon grace. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.